Aeon. And I'm the Lioness. And you're listening to Box Number 512 Podcast. Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. Changing your world one conversation at a time. The show begins now. If you would like to see this episode along with other exclusive content, make sure you become a patron by going to our box number 512 podcast Patreon page where you can become a patron for as little as $5 a month. The link to the page is in the show notes for the show. So make sure you go on over there if you would like to see the episode in addition to listening to it. All right, y'all. Back to the show. Welcome to another installment of Box Number Five Soul Podcast, Rome Let Trans Woman Talk. I am your co-host, Aeon. And I'm the Lioness. So let's get started with updates. I will go first. Uh, really, I really haven't done anything. I didn't do anything this weekend. Just kind of chill out. Uh, but on a, uh, on the other hand, I've had a lot of opportunities start to come my way that I'm very excited about. Uh, actually, this coming weekend, I'm, I got asked to give a keynote or participate on this panel speaking to Black, Black youths that are interested in um, becoming lawyers. So that's going to be interesting. I really don't know what to expect, but my experiences with kids, kids are very advanced. So I've been, I've been told a couple of times, like whatever I say, I have to make sure that it's for like a youth audience. But so I, I don't know, I can't be too crass with whatever my message is, but the youth kind of, they kind of know what is going on when it comes to trans people and trans issues. I'm worried about the parents, but I'm looking forward to that opportunity. I've also been asked by a couple of law schools to participate in a couple of events. So it's even though I still haven't secured the bag yet and gotten my job, the universe is starting to send me so many opportunities to just talk and connect with people and speak about my experiences. And I'm so happy. Also, I'm so happy about our one year anniversary episode that we released last Friday. I've heard nothing but good things. I had a good time recording it. Uh, let's give a shout out to Amani Van Zapp for coming and hosting and holding it down for us. She really did the damn thing. and. I'm just, I'm excited. I've also planned a trip to, oh, I got vaccinated yesterday. So I got my first vaccination. I went to CVS. I got the Moderna. So I just, I feel really accomplished because that's been a, a process. Shout out to my baby, Carlos Harris, who is also uh, one of the, or I think the main writer on Triangle, the LGBT web series. Him and I are friends through social media. He regularly supports the podcast. He's always sharing our stuff. And he put me on to this website called DMV Vaccine. So for those who live in the D the Washington, D.C., Baltimore area, it's a Twitter account called DMV Vaccines. And if you go follow it, they'll notify you when CBS has appointment openings. And last week, my sleep pattern has been off like the past. Ever since we started uh, Daylight Savings, or we ended it, my sleep pattern's been off. So one night, I didn't go to bed until like four or five in the morning, but I guess that was a good thing because at like three or 3.30 in the morning, I got a notification that it was some appointment bookings open. So I made my appointment. So shout out to Carlos for putting me on. I was able to make my appointment. And then I went on Monday. Uh, the shot was painless. I, did, I didn't have a headache, but I had... You know how when you feel like you're about to get a headache, but it's not a headache? I definitely felt like that. Um, I do feel slight fatigue, but other than that, I've been fine. My arm is sore, but I'm just happy to be one of the girls that's vaccinated. I go back in April to get my next vaccination, and I'm happy because this means I'm one step closer to traveling and getting the hell out of D.C. and just 
doing what I do best, just traveling, being in places. I know I'm supposed to be going to Elena at the beginning of May um, to get some laser work done. Shout out to Ray Fair. Like I told you, I'm trying to get some body work done. And the first step is to make sure the canvas is airless and smooth, honey. So when we reorganize some stuff, you know, I'm smooth like a chocolate goddess, honey. But um, it's time for me to get laser. I've been in the house for too long. But I'm just really excited. It's just so many, even though I haven't secured a job yet, there's so many other things going on. Our patrons keep going up. And a lot of things are starting to come to fruition. So I'm looking forward to the spring and the summer. And I'm going to turn it over to my sis. What's been going on with you? Child, living, loving, laughing, darling. Um, nothing much. I'm still coasting on the high of the responses, like you said, that we've been getting for our last show. Um, I'm excited for all of our new patrons and on Patreon. I really, really appreciate you. Your patronage is very, very appreciated. Um, I so for me, I'm excited to say that I scheduled my second COVID shot. That doesn't sound like something that should be that hard, but it actually was very, very difficult. So I received my COVID shot on the second of March. And um, I, you you know, there's a window that you have to wait before you're eligible to get it for 21 days. And so that window has passed and I was unable to get the shot for a while. And for a while, the only ones available were sometime in mid-April, which would have been outside of my window. So luckily today, um, I have been calling regularly anyway, but I, today I received an email to remind me I needed to book my second appointment. I've been receiving these emails regularly, but today I said, you know what? I'm going to keep trying. And I got through and I got a time that works for me. That's convenient. And so, um, that's exciting. Um, I have, um, some big things coming up in my short-term future. I have some travel and I'll be able to tell you guys a lot more about that after I get back. But, you know, just like I am in a good, good place right now. Um, I've gotten tilt my, at my nonprofit trans individuals living their truth incorporated based here in Atlanta. We got some exciting things coming up. And so for all my tilt folk out there that are listeners, you know, tilt act tilt is about to reactivate. And um, I'm excited. And, um, and and when I say reactivate because of COVID, guys, of course, you know, things kind of slowed down as far as the physical thing. But now that I have my second COVID shot in the bag, or at least hopefully I'll be able to get it that day, I will be able to feel more comfortable me being more active in community and getting back out there and starting back up the groups. So for all of our tilt people who missed the groups, I know, I know, I know you missed it. We did it big in 2019. We're gonna do it big in 2021. We missed 2020, but we're gonna we're gonna make it happen. And thank you guys for supporting me. So yeah, girl, this week has been interesting. There's been a lot of shit in the media too. Um, oh, I do want to take a moment to just um, say um, box number 512 sends their condolences to the victims of the mass shootings this week, both of them. Um, the one that really, really, um, both of them are very, very heinous crimes. Um, uh, but the one that is the most recently on my mind right now is the one in Boulder, Colorado, because it's, it involved a 21 year old active shooter shooting up a grocery store and killing 10 folk. And I just think about the world that we live in, um, and the way the media reports how white men behave. I know the one here that happened in Atlanta really hurt the Atlanta community, uh, particularly the Atlanta Asian community, because there was an active shooter here that targeted um, massage parlors and killed a lot of um, unfortunate women of different ethnicity, Asian ethnicities. And it was very problematic. And they're trying to make it this exotic sized, oh, it was a sex thing. But the sex thing was a race thing because right. he did not go to the uh, mas- white, he didn't go to massage parlors that hosted white women, you know? He drove- well, he didn't go to the strip club, the white strip, strip, club. strip club. To the black strip club. He specifically targeted locations where there were Asian women and drove to multiple locations. So that was what, uh, the thing in Atlanta was really creepy. He kind of went to different locations and shot up people. 
So shout out to everyone, um, all the families and loved ones here at Box Number 512. You have our sincerest condolences. Um, this is a crazy world that we live in. And white supremacy unchecked is beginning to rear its head in a way that is interesting. Um, I, I was very troubled by the reporting of how they're making it. You know, when, when white people kill people, it becomes, or particularly when white men kill people, it particularly becomes... Uh, he's a he has mental illness. There's something deeper there. There's an addiction. There's something else. But when black people are existing, we get shot in the face. So I just find it just ironic that the police can have all this empathy and understanding for white men, and the media can entertain that foolishness. So yeah, my week has been mixed, bittersweet, but I don't have no complaints, child. Just the world is a crazy place, and I wanted to acknowledge that. But yes, 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 yes. So I guess you want me to lead into the topic. Um, sure. And yeah, shout out to the Asian community. I was able to talk to, um, I have a close friend. Um, he is um, of Asian descent and he was telling me how the past week has really impacted him. So shout out to the Asian community, our Asian listeners. Um, what was sharing? Um, I haven't had the opportunity to talk to any of my Asian American friends, but what was, what was he actually sharing with what, what was his sentiment? Um, he was just sad, and he's a lawyer, so he's already isolated, and he relocated back to Chicago, and we were just talking about how even though we relocated to start work, you really can't get out and meet people, and then, so dealing with that, and then, you know, him feeling like he's being targeted because he is an Asian person, so, you know, he's he's just really trying to, um, to process it, and I'm glad that we got to um, have space to just really um, talk about it. He could vent, but um, but just scary out here. And you know, I live in a community. I live in a very diverse community. It's very Latinx out here. But even the supermarket that I go to, it's a lot of uh, people of Asian descent that work at that supermarket. And no shade. Every time I go into that supermarket, I feel like I hope don't nobody come and shoot the supermarket because child we literally now it's not unreasonable you would say oh girl you shouldn't think that oh girl that's not gonna happen oh girl we live in a world where that happened this week so we have to acknowledge that you there is no movie theaters are not safe any place where people congregate concerts i mean we've had active shooters shooting (laughs) into the crowd of concerts like we live in a crazy world right now and i just i hope that eventually common sense gun laws will will go in place. And these aren't necessarily laws that restrict the right for people to carry guns, but I do believe that we're getting to the place where we can no longer justify M16s or these law these long guns that are doing all this damage. Like, why do you need sniper rifles as a citizen? I just don't right. But that's neither here nor there. But I, I just shout out to everyone and let's just hope that the world gets a little bit better. Hopefully this episode helps because it's gonna be a key. Hey y'all, we have a nice segment um, that we're gonna do right now. We have a very, very special guest here with us down at the box number five. So podcast, Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. We are going to let her introduce herself and tell you a little bit about why she's here. So um, come on, come on, sis. Hey there, um, my name is Juniper Yoon. I am the program associate at the Transgender District of San Francisco, the world's first legally recognized district dedicated to those of the trans experience, founded by three Black transgender women in 2017. Um, and. We're here to talk today about Know Our Place. Um, the district just launched our public awareness campaign um, last week on Thursday. And what it entails is a um, assertion of place for the trans and gender non-conforming community. Um, The idea of the campaign is to present not only the images of trans and gender non-conforming people into the public eye, but to also celebrate them and allow them to share their stories via a digital platform, knowourplace.com, where they can actually share their stories, talk about their lives, and also um, we highlight their work 
in the community as either creatives, uh, culinary artists, or trailblazers as advocates themselves. Um, with theplace.com, it's attached to the district's initiatives as well, um, whether it's within the housing sector or within entrepreneurship or with visual storytelling. Um, it's, uh, it's sort of a thought project between myself as the program associate and our fearless leader, Arya Saeed, who is the executive director um, and a black trans woman advocate and socialite and just genius of her craft. Um, and we wanted to create a campaign that kind of responds to the Transgender Day of Visibility, um, which is recognized um, internationally on March 31st. Um, and this year it's, I believe, a Wednesday. Um, and it talks about going beyond the idea of visibility by asserting these stories and being able to continue it throughout the course of a month and even beyond that with the um, website existing in perpetuity. Um, were you a part of, um, Juniper, were you a part of the efforts to create this trans district? And um, if so, how did that then birth, you know, what, what is now today this trans district we know and how did your campaign get connected to the district? Yeah, so actually um, I am relatively new to the district. I was brought in last year um, as a new program associate. Aria is one of the three co-founders. Um, back in 2017, the district was founded in response to um, the widespread gentrification in San Francisco and the recognition of the Tenderloin uh, neighborhood as a as a point of history for the transgender, particularly the black transgender movement, um, specifically around um, what is called Compton's Cafeteria, which is a historic building that still stands to this day, that is um, in our district, that is the site of one of the first uprisings of uh, transgender people of color against um, oppression. Um, in 1966, it was a uh, moment where the police um, kind of went into the cafe and were kicking out uh, gender non-conforming and transgender folks from uh, taking space there. And in a, as a result, the uh, a trans woman ended up splashing her coffee on the officer and um, it incited riots that lasted several days. So this district not only has a historic um, place as a as an area of trans resistance, but um, it actually exists as one, actually the most densely populated um, area of trans and gender nonconforming identified folks to this day. It's also, I wanna say the campaign um, was created um, with me kind of having conversations with Aria about how she wants to not necessarily ignore the narrative of tragedy for trans, um, particularly black trans people, but to, you know, put into the public eye the fact that we are not just our tragedy, that we have moments of joy, that we have so much power within us and that we deserve to be seen and respected and cared for in ways that, you know, maybe folks only understand until after we are gone um, or after um, black trans women particularly are gone. So um, that was something that I kind of took to heart and I uh, tried to form this campaign um, to create public spaces where print ads could be placed that assert our place in this city, um, in this state and in this world that we know our place and it is anywhere that we want to be. Um, right. that we also have a place called the Transgender District that is dedicated to us. But you know, this whole planet is teeming with our people that our ancestors fought tooth and nail to like have us exist to this day. So um, I wanted to honor that vision that Aria had. Um, and then that's also why all the models are, um, um, ident identify as people of color or are black. Um, so I identified folks who are working in the community that are creatives, that are up and coming in their craft and careers, that are all, you know, people of color who have um, in some ways faced adversity um, because of who they are. Can you tell me a little bit about the reach of this campaign and what is your vision for it in the future? Is this some is this something that's limited to the San Francisco market or do you want to go national? Like what's your vision with this campaign? So for me, the reach of this campaign's 
my my kind of intention when I was speaking with Aria is of course to assert the fact that we exist like in San Francisco. Like San Francisco is the place that has the world's first district dedicated to us. But at the same time that again, the message is that we know our place and it is anywhere in the world that we we exist. Like every step that we take, we take claim to that space. So I also wanted it to reach further. So actually analytically, um, what's cool about the website is that I can actually track where our views are coming from. So definitely there is a national presence just because of the nature of having a social media campaign um, to push this as long with the public awareness campaign that is you know, limited to our geolocal area. And with the hopes of that, um, kind of being our launch pad, we're going to hopefully extend this through um, at least the print ads um, through the period in which we will have it up through Pride um, in June, uh, which is you know typically a large tourist, se uh, tourist season in San Francisco. Um, and it's, it's a bit difficult to say because of COVID and you never really know, but the reality is that there are people traveling, there are people coming to and fro, whether for work or for family, things of that nature. And as things are reopening, I think that there is a huge opportunity, you know, whether it is expanding the ads towards like areas near SFO, which is our, um, our international airport, um, or even, um, our intention is of course to stay local again and expand it into our street banners which uh, line our street poles on, um, you know, the streets that encompass the district, as well as bus shelters and things. And things. Um, I wanted to also iterate the fact that I wanted this campaign to be, you know, as accessible for folks as possible. Um, the reality is, is that, you know, with our district, we have a large number of folks who are low income or living below the federal poverty line, um, particularly those who are trans um, identified, those who are BIPOC identified. Um, you know, most of these folks, you know, they don't just spend money on a lift. They don't spend money on like Uber. They don't have cars of their own. Um, they do take um, public transit. So that was why it was important for me to put it in the Metro. Whereas like, you know, maybe the campaign is of course one part awareness, but it also to remind those who are seeing it that are trans and gender non-conforming, that are black trans women, that are you know black trans men, that are Asian trans people, um, Latina trans people, Latino trans persons, like anybody, that there's a space for them, that they're up there and they're being celebrated, and that you know you can live with dignity and like you know still be you know doing the grind. You know what I'm saying? So before um, we let you go, uh, the campaign is Know Your Place. Um, no so Know Your our Place? No, Our Place. Know uh, Our Place. Yeah, our no, place. Our, okay, Know Our Place. Yeah. And, where, and where can people find the campaign? Yes, so you can, um, if you're in San Francisco, right now we have a billboard up on 5th and Harrison in the Soma district, um, right off the highway. Otherwise, we also have uh, art activations in print and digital posters in um, the Civic Center Bart or the um, Powell Street Bart. And then we also, of course, have our digital landing page, www.knowourplace.com. And then where, uh, where can folks find out more information about the transgender district? Yes, you can definitely stop by our website, which is www.transgenderdistrictsf.com. Um, or you can follow us on Instagram at transgenderdistrict. Juniper, we thank you so much for um, coming down to the Black Summer Files Club and sharing this information with us. And we are um, hoping that uh, the transgender district has a successful campaign and this is the first of many campaigns that y'all do and we are really excited about the work that you all are doing over there thank you so much i super appreciate it so to go into our topic for today I want to first, first bring the topic up generally of how we live in a world today where on social media, people will be some, we, people will create a personality. They will 
begin to, especially those of us that have the ability to write and speak, we will begin to create content and put things out there. And people will erroneously believe that because you are popular, that you are the, the, the thought leader on a subject. And what you often see and what I'm starting to see is a phenomenon in social media is particularly um, a lot of folk of color using Facebook as an opportunity to become a guru of sorts. Um, and, I, and, and there's nothing wrong, I feel like, with our people, with us sharing in the knowledge. And I do believe that academia is a barrier for a lot of us. And a lot of us are, we do have street smarts. We do have a certain level of inherent intelligence and survival skills for being black. I do believe that exists. And I do believe that our voices are of value. However, there are people who get on these platforms and they create a fictional life for themselves. And then from that fictional soapbox or platform, they become to, they begin to virtue signal and make people feel small who don't believe and think the way that they think. I think that is problematic no matter who does it, what community does it, even in our community, we've talked about individuals using their platform in a way that is grandstanding and not really speaking to the root of an issue, just really just for clicks and likes and baits, saying things just to get attention. Well, recently in the media, one of the media darlings, one of um, social media's finest men, one of the guys that everyone probably has watched their video, a lot of black women, particularly black women, his videos were targeted at. His name is Derek Jackson. Now, <laughs> the sniggle in my spirit is because Derek Jackson for many, many years was a, an advocate for what he considered women empowerment. Um, think Steve Harvey, just younger, way more attractive, dark skin, tall, very attractive, body, body, beautiful teeth. But like a lot of niggas that happen to know that they're attractive, behind the scenes, we are discovering that this social media maven, this person that, so a lot of his content was around what women tolerate, what women should allow, what these niggas should be doing for you. And a lot of it, a lot of women, particularly when me, when he first, because when he first got on, a lot of his content was empowering to women. He was the man that was not afraid to say, that's some toxic ass shit. He did speak out in, 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 in favor of Meg Thee Stallion when it happened. You know, he's one of those men that, you, you know, it was from a, it's a very patriarchal support of women. Does that make sense? Like it very much came from this. Y'all need to be, you got to realize you got the power. Your pussy is the power. And y'all need to know that, you know, you got to, if you want a certain man, you got to be a certain kind of woman. And da, 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 da. like he very much initially started out like being kind of empowering to women. But as his, as the money got in and he got a little power and started writing books, bro man got a little full of himself, like a lot of people do when they get the mic. And he began to start saying things that were like very judgy. Very recently, what his downfall was his own words. Very recently, he did a video, this Derek Jackson of Atlanta, Georgia, um, did a video in which he talked about how women should not allow, um, oh, a woman should uh, a woman wrote him asking if if it was okay to date someone that is separated. And he went in about how that's not divorce. That's not what you should be doing. Marriage is sacred and da 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 da, da. And oh, and you better not, you better not do it because you'll be devaluing yourself as a woman. This, oh, he went in. Side piece was listening. She calls Tasha K. Tasha K <laughs> is a well-known YouTube gossip blogger that has been mentioned on the likes of Wendy Williams show. Wendy has even used some of her, um, her information. And to be honest, she's broken a lot of the stuff regarding R. Kelly. She's broken a lot of different things in media. And she is a black woman that is in YouTube land doing work as an entrepreneur. She's from Atlanta. So shout out to Tasha K. Um, 
her content is controversial. And sometimes I will, I feel like it can come from a place of mean spiritedness, in my opinion. But I, I, I'm not going to shit on this black woman because this is not about her. She used her platform to take the woman's story, the side pieces story. Now, according to Tasha K, she had heard over the years that there were there were stories about him. And previously, he had made comment about her. This is why it was a personal vendetta for her. Derek Jackson previously had a scandal that was about to leak, and she had the information. And she reached out to him to get his side of the story. He immediately went to social media and attacked Tasha K. Now, fast forward, side piece calls Tasha K. <laughs> side piece calls Tasha K. Tasha K gets this information and she compiles one of her takedown, 45 minute takedown pieces, which is the hallmark of YouTube and what I love the most. We got to talk about that one day too, girl. I live for a good YouTube takedown piece. But anyway, <laughs> or not, or an expose on a company or a, a brand. Oh, I, I love when people have done the research. She did the research. She had all the receipts that she posted up on her Patreon. I do not subscribe to her Patreon, although my husband suggested today. But I told him, I don't know if I want to feed the devil, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Though it would be tea, I don't necessarily want to give her money. <clears throat> not necessarily shout out to you Tasha K no it's not saying you the devil but you have the ways anyway <laughs> she got some, some, some sneaky ass ways and I just don't want bad karma because baby the stuff she put up it be good shit if y'all really into some tea if you're a gossip blogger that's the bitch you want to follow but anyway she she posted up the receipts on her Patreon and then she in the tell-all she was referencing voicemails asking about this woman's panties, voicemails talking about his wife's and how bad she was in bed, voicemail talking about all of this. Now, mind you, let's let's enter wife. Wife and him got married in 2019. No, 27. They've been married four years. 2017. 2017, bitch, I got it. 2017. They were married in 2017. And um, before the wedding, she was pregnant. He cheated on her. Proposed to her after he cheated on her. Because in Midtown Atlanta while they had a home, marital home. She let him keep that bachelor pad. Now, sis made a lot of decisions. However, the wife, after this, after Tasha Kay's video, the wife and Derek Jackson did what is now going to be an infamous in history ass video in which she sat there with a bonnet on. And for black women, we know that wearing a bonnet, first of it all- was a bean, It was a beanie, it was a beanie that looked like a bonnet. It was a beanie, it, it was- The point was, sister <laughs> like she rolled completely out of it, okay? And very much was being held hostage in the interview because he grabbed her hand and their hands are clasped like this. His hand is over hers. And they, he is holding her for dear life. She can't leave. She can, He did not leave. This interview, by the way, was 30 minutes long. Their response video was around 30 minutes. And it was 30 minutes of white knuckling holding. You could see her hands turning pink. Somebody pointed out in the video. Like he was holding that woman's hands. Now, whether, you know, whatever, whatever it is behind it, the deeper hilarious part of this story is, is that Derrick Jackson represents a lot of folks, a lot of people, a lot of men in particular that will, particularly these pastors and these, all of this, we see this over and over again, this phenomenon, the Steve Harveys of the world, all these people, they get this amount of power and they get this, they get the ears of black women because in spite of what, the world would say, we love to hear from our Black kings. We love to actually listen to our Black kings. And Derek Jackson was a man who took advantage of his, of his followers' desire to want to be a part of the experience. Now, those women, I don't believe that they're victims in the way that they're trying to portray. If he said he was separated, because that was what he was telling the women. So apparently he would meet the women online in his Instagram take them to the Midtown loft where he records his videos, which was his excuse for having the space. 
he took them to his midtown loft and fucked them there with and literally some of the women talked about how they would be in the background giggling while he telling women what don't do this with me don't deep these kind of niggas and don't date that kind of nigga and they in the background in a thong giggling so it was a key he got exposed for being a charlatan of the highest regards all of this is per tasha k so y'all follow her on social media if you want to get this whole story but i just want to say we gotta stop ladies investing our energy in patriarchy <laughs> and i'm i'm, I'm kind of jazzing right now because my sister and i have a feature presentation for you on that coming up and we're going to talk a little bit about that in this conversation but sis what do you think what do you think about this whole thing of this like man being so fine and kind of using it to pull women meanwhile he has this wife at home who was by the way in the interview, she's defending him. She says she knew about it. She forgave him. And they're trying to move on. And they have a book that they're putting out right now that just so happened out now called Healing Together. No. No, I will not. I will be, I will be, I would be, if it was me, I would be healing by myself, honey. With the with a divorce settlement and alimony, but no. Well, I'm a, let me say this. I didn't, well, now when we had our conversation about this, I, th I think I remember seeing a video of two or two of his, but I didn't know that he was like a personality. I didn't know like that this was a, consistent. he was a, a person that put out consistent content. So I might. On how women should be. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> the first time I heard about the story was on Sunday because um, Diamond Styles and Marsha Plate did a live on her YouTube. And I'm like, who the fuck is Derek Jackson? So from Sunday to now, I've just seen uh, more information. And then yesterday, that's when it had blown up on Twitter and all because that's what I guess when they came out with the, the video together. And she sat on the couch looking really awkward. I don't, it's no shame. It would be really easy to sit and judge her. Um, it would be easy to read him. I just want people to be honest. Like, if, you, for the woman, if you want to stay because he is providing you a lifestyle that you know that you can't get on your own, that's fine. That's fine. But don't get on Instagram with him, sis, and make your. Oh no, no, no! Don't even get on Instagram. Don't get on like God led me to this, and <laughs> I just have to suffer, and this is my like. We don't, black women don't need that. We don't. I don't want that. I'm not interested in that type of love. Like that. That's not love or Jesus, and I'm being pure, and I'm trying to be a righteous woman. You're trying to be kept, which is fine, but don't try to dress it up. Um, knowing that you have a platform, knowing that there are women that look up to you that are in the same situation. Like, don't try to make it like God or religion brought you to this when survival brought you to. Like, you're trying to survive. And this, and, for, and as for him, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just very... I'm not gonna lie, he's fine as fuck. And I ain't gonna sit up here and lie like I would. No, girl, listen, and, and we have to give him his tens. That's the only right, flower. Bitch, I, bitch, I would have fucked him, bitch. And no shade when I, not when I'm dating, but when I'm hooking up or I have my sex partners, I've come to an age, especially with black men, if we're just gonna have sex, I'm not gonna ask questions. Cause I feel like if you ask questions, you find out some shit or you find out, and it just ruins the fantasy of the good time. Cause these the niggas- of it is, If it's just fucking, it's just fucking. Part of his right. problem though was, he was telling these women that he was broken up with his wife. He was fucking these women in his marital bed. So at some point he got comfortable enough in his negosity bitch to actually bring these women into his marital bed and have sex with them and have them so they, they have pictures of him getting out of them their marital bed and then them in bed that they sent to tasha like it was the gag of it is he just got completely just careless and i feel but, like but the shade is that goes to the type of woman that he chose to partner with 
he knew he could pull that stuff. And it's, it's men that... So to preview, our episode that will come out next week after this one, Lioness and I do a deep dive on the Black woman and the divestment movement that's kind of related to this conversation. But um, it's kind of tied to, to this ideal of like, especially like in Black cis-tech communities of high-value men and what Black women need to do to get a high-value man. And if somebody else... Um, Kevin Samuels, who's this dating guru who basically reads the fuck out of Black women and tells them that they're shit and that they need to do all of these things to attract this high-value partner um, so that they can... But really, when you get down to it, it's just reinforcing like white supremacist patriarchal ideals where women are just a, a placeholder with a vagina and you are just there to be the background to this man and just submit and just really give up your safety, give up your autonomy, just to be partnered with the men and get the, uh, receive the benefits, uh, like a, a trickle down of benefits just by being uh, approximately connected to this man. And you have a lot of, and it kind of connects to the conversation with, seeing the the levels of men who voted for Trump, Black men who voted for Trump, like the increases, you see a lot of this conservatism amongst Black men, and they're really, they're really resentful of how Black women, they're really resentful of the power that Black women have and how we are starting to break away from them, and we're starting to really decenter them and put our own interests first, and you're seeing like this conservatism dressed up as like polite patriarchy like you know you need a high value man to protect you and to to build this life for you and you need to you're not doing this right and you're not doing that right and um I don't know I guess because it's not on my radar I never um bought into that I never bought into that shit but I I say that to say that these quote-unquote high value men they choose. They purposely choose women who are weak. They purposely choose women who that they know they can cheat, they can embarrass, they can make a fool of, and they know that there's those women are going to stay whether they have low self esteem, whether they like life experience, or whether they just don't have the ability to go out here and compete in the real world by themselves like the the men can. And I don't, I don't know. It's it's. I kind of feel sorry for the the his wife, but I kind of feel like Mama Mama knows what she's signing up for, and she's going to protect her position at all costs. Um, I'm glad that he is exposed, but um, we I think we also have to talk about how his desirability played into him being successful and having this platform. Yes. I think that's a powerful point. Like the idea that because he had this look and that was smart, that was be up far above average attractive. He's a, he, he really do kind of give you like print model black god of a man type tease. Right. Very handsome. And I feel like that played into the thing. But if you notice also, I find and what I listen when I hear this story, I also hear this woman with this man who according to the narrative that was given on you know by the other by the other podcast that I was quoting he always kind of had some of the side pieces he knew longer than he knew his wife and what i find interesting is that this woman entered into a situation where she got pregnant by him herself and then he cheated on her while pregnant and then proposed to her to placate her and at that point, in my mind, sis made a choice. Right. Sis made a choice to choose dysfunction. And while I empathize with the weight, that strategy, the survival decision that she made to be with this man, who is probably somebody she probably, because his wife is is um, not necessarily the most... Homely. She's very homely. <laughs> okay, you said it. She's very homely. And I feel like maybe in the, she's feeling like, I can, I don't know if I'll be able to get another man like this. And he got money 
a lot. She made a decision for whatever reason for survival. She was pregnant with a child, so maybe she thought, if I just if I just believe, it'll achieve. Because I gotta be with this man, because he is fine, and I can see how you could get mesmerized. Right. However, yeah, we all have been there. We all no heat, no judgment. We all have been there for a fine for a fine ass nigga that we didn't think we could pull or we didn't think we deserve. So I'm yeah, not all even, been gooped by the dick, baby. Right, right. And it had, and so this is not us judging or anything like that, but she did make the choice to be in the situation and she made the choice to put herself out here and defend his bullshit using the Bible. And this is where she lost me. And this is where he lost me. The Bible is a book that has been used over and over again to justify people's bad behaviors. Cause if it's not you, it's the devil. And if it is you, it's a test God is giving you so that you can pass the test and be and, and show everyone that you accomplished. But what we don't acknowledge and what we do sometimes when we blame things on the Bible is accountability. You need to be damn accountable. Sis, you gotta be accountable that you made a poor, piss poor choice of a man who showed you his integrity before you married him. So now that he's gagged you in public and gagged you in front of everyone, don't now make it God. Because this is not a test that God uses a test you put on yourself. And I feel like <laughs> and I feel like we do a lot of blaming. God is a heaven, like, no, I didn't Sky do Daddy this. is not worried about Sky Daddy had nothing to do with this. Like, like, because we sometimes make God out like he has nothing else better to do but to sit here and God is up in the clouds, like, now bitch. Now bitch. <laughs> Very much, like girl, I am moving the earth around, girl. About you, you and this man, but in this place, I believe also he used the Bible. So part of his narrative, and this is that patriarchal part of it, my wife was not meeting my needs, and she sat there and did not punch him in his throat on. I would have, <laughs> bitch. I know you're not blaming this on me. Like you cheated on me with multiple women, so then. After the, the press conference where they had the little awkward ass conversation where he was choking her, second mistress comes forward. He's been cheating on her all the way through to 2021. So it's very much like, it's very much like, girl, what is going on? And this mistress has known him for over 10 years. So it's the, meme very- that t- the meme that took me out is that, not that he's having a fear, but that he's having an affair with multiple women during the panorama. <laughs> Doing a panorama. Doing a you, panorama. <laughs> you know, you know, not only no masks were worn, no condoms were worn as well, bitch. Like we, we oh, like, and, and no, the girl actually said that he does. He did not use condoms. Of, of course, bitches, sis, that people, bitch. They think they think condoms are only for the LGBTQ community, bitch. They think it's only for us. <laughs> <coughs> Meanwhile, coochies is falling out. <laughs> and Dick is getting and Dick is bumped the fuck up. <laughs> Pass it around the cooties, bitch. Girl, yes, man. But in this situation, it's just indicative of people using the Bible, whether it be the devil or saying that God did it, to just to justify or explain away bad, piss poor decisions. And I just want, I just that that really angers me. And as someone that is a believer in the spirit realm, if you really, really believe that you yourself, that every action has an equal and opposite reaction and you yourself are a part of a larger ecosystem, if you are a faith person, then you know that what you put out there is what you get back. And unfortunately, if you make the decision to be with niggas, that's that, that, that all, and I understand. I don't want to judge her because I don't want to come up like I'm judging her because he fine girl and he, and he made money. So it wasn't like she was with no fine broke bum. We've done right. fine with nothing and was still hooked on it, bitch. <laughs> so, bitch, I can understand fine with a coin. And she's very homely. So I understand. Sis probably feel like she won the lottery. However, is it worth the misery? And on her social media, she has shown a mental decline that people observe um, as a, I think she discovered it like around August of last year that, that he was cheating on her. And you could see the decline, the crazy hair. She stopped doing her hair probably while she had the beanie slash bonding on. Like she really was. Oh, I've been there. I got a couple of beanies right in the corner that I slap on when I don't feel like twisting my hair. So I, 
no, no, no. And that's why I said, no shade. I'm black. I know, girl. When this, this times where I just be wanting to just not be bothered. However, she was on social media venting about how she's been cheated on and this and that. And she was still trying to say, God did it and she's going to survive mm-hmm. it. You're going to survive mm-hmm. it. And it's like, sis, mm-hmm. you're going to be gagged. Because as the women continue to come forward, <laughs> <laughs> you might should have gave it a month, sis. Like, this is too hot for no. you to think about everything. Because wait till the children come forward. <laughs> like, you're going to be gagged. Yeah, th- this is why my whole model now is a life of ease. Bitch, I don't want to have to suffer to be in love. Like, and I'm so glad Black women, we just have this general consciousness. Bitch, I'm not trying to suffer to be in love or to be in love. Like, all I got to show do is just show up and be Black and whatever you get is what you want to get. I'm going to try to be the best person I can be, but I'm, but I'm, I'm not about to show up and prove this undying love and literally risk my life mm-hmm. to prove that I'm no girl we don't I don't got time for that and it's just I, I don't have I don't have time for it this thing so I sympathize with her and I'm only gonna go in but so hard on her but I say it before and I'll say it again you either pay on the front end or you pay on the back end but you're going to pay, and I, I think this is a grand example. Every time this happens, even, I know this situation is not related, but looking at the T.I. Tiny thing, that whole buying into this submissive Why thing, have we not had a whole breakdown on that? Why haven't we covered that? We, I, do, we just, we we just haven't come around to it. I'm, I'm really just trying to wait till additional facts come out to more facts, but it's, it's so much going on in the world, but that is a situation how by just subverting your femininity and just trusting that this man because your partner with him is going to have your best interest at heart is going to backfire on women every time and then it falls on us to pick up the pieces and why didn't you have your man in check and what didn't you do or if or you did even why the amongst the wives and the other people that a girl like don't let them side pieces take your man don't right. let him provide your relationship you stick it out with him girl you're gonna win the victory and it's like no hold up it's particularly into particularly in a, in a lot of these situations you're dealing with and, and in this situation you're dealing with somebody that obviously has a problem, that obviously cannot commit, that obviously has hurt her feelings, as has obviously has embarrassed the shit out of her, and she's making a choice to continue to be in it because she's following behind a lot of ignorant mofos that will tell people trauma is healthy, that you need to be traumatized. Love, if it don't traumatize you, is mm-hmm. not love. Like, no, you should not be going through major life embarrassments public crises in because somebody loves you because you love somebody like that's not normal and for those of you who have normalized that i'm sorry for you sis i'm not and this is not me saying that i won't go through something in life that i will make a private decision to handle in a way that i'm going to handle it but what i will say is is that what we're not doing and what we got to stop normalizing is the expectation that if a man publicly embarrasses the fuck out of a woman she is particularly a black woman she is required to hold his hand in interview while he tell while he sh- while he tells the world every all while he tells the world all the shit he should have told her in private and she has to not flinch because in our community expectation is, is you be camille cosby the expectation is, is that you be these women, and that's no shade to 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 miss it to Dr. Cosby, Dr. You know, to, to, to her. No shade to her. But I'm saying we, the expectation is that you be the kind of woman that is just gonna have blinders on no matter what. And that's love. That's being loyal. And and bad behavior is encouraged. And guess what? If you are your sister's keeper, if you're the kind of woman that is concerned about the way other women live and you're concerned about women's issues, then you should be concerned about other people out here playing games. Now, I'm not talking about hookup culture. I'm not talking about girls that's doing sex work. I'm talking about for those women out there that are actively encouraging other women to encourage bad behavior, to tolerate bad behavior from spouses. Like, you don't have to tolerate dysfunction to be okay. Like, you can be okay alone without this nigga wearing your ass out, embarrassing you in the media. And I think that, and this is another situation. Have, now, have you heard of the Sweetie and um, Quavo breakup? Mm-hmm. I did hear about that. 
Okay. So, well, what did you hear? Let me get the, let me see what the dish is from you. Um, well, they broke up, but apparently they broke up because he was uh, cheating or not faithful to her. Surprise, surprise. Uh, a rape nigga cheating on his famous, beautiful, light-skinned girlfriend. Surprise, surprise. But then once she said something, he posted something saying, oh, I thought you were a better woman than that, or I thought you wouldn't. And it's just like, so you thought I was just going to allow you to abuse me and mistreat me? That That's the woman you thought I was? And you thought that I was going to let a false narrative go out there that somehow me as a woman was a gold digger because you bought me all of this shit and I should have stayed? Because there's also being brought up that he just bought her this car that he repossessed publicly, to, I guess, to try to embarrass her or so, allegedly or some other stuff happened, like... It's supposedly a lot behind that story, but the reality of it is, is this was a young woman who said, I am no longer with this person and I wish him blessings and peace. She didn't even say nothing that shady in the message with him. She told her truth, which is the truth. And she moved the fuck on. And she partially revealed that truth because he did nothing to squash the rumors that she was gold digging and that she just broke up with him after he gave her all that stuff. Like, mind you, now she did do an interview with her ex-boyfriend who is Sean Combs. I think it's one of P. Diddy's kids that has a podcast or something. Mm-hmm. And she um, did a podcast with him. And in the podcast, she was very much given empowered woman. I once had an ex-boyfriend that bought me a lot of money. He gave me a lot of money, enough money for me to buy a ho- several houses to get me back after he cheated on me or so- or something, or after he, after he did me wrong and I broke up with him. And she was like, and she was like, and I took the money. She was like, but I had mentally checked that. Basically not talking about Quavo and them, but kind of hinting at it. And the insult is supposed to be to her ex. Right. So, I'm, and guess what? Even if sis was petty and did it on purpose, I hate that men like Quavo and the men that follow this dude Jackson and some of these men out here in the world that make it make men, women feel like you need to be silent. You need to take whatever. You don't need to have a voice. And if you dare to speak, you ain't no, you're not the kind of woman I thought you were and you're not dateable. You're nothing. You're, 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 you're somehow tarnished because I dare to speak my truth. While you dare to you dare to disrespect me in so many other ways, and not defend me, which is often the case, because in this situation, Derek was so busy worried about himself, he didn't think about what it would look like for his wife to be on camera holding his hand clutched that way. He was still not concerned about her. It's still self-preservation. He's clinging to her for dear life, not thinking I am exposing this woman to all of my heat, and I am making her say a speech right now in the heat of this defending me and acting like we are going to get through this because God is going to do it because meanwhile this woman is still in shock because she's just discovering just how deep your shit was so it's just it's it's a gap this is like where, where is the protection for her where is the again these patriot like I understand girls trying to survive I understand girls out here getting it but please know that partnering with these men, that I'm sorry, you gotta you you have to make, be careful who you partner with because it just being next to them does not offer protection. It, it just and having a, and having a warm body is not better than having none. Some people think that just having any warm body is better than having none, and it's not. And it will gag you in the end when the warm body that you want next to you is. In somebody, it's fucking somebody else and you're still alone and the body that you're claiming in the world don't want you and that is the gag that a lot of women go through and I just I pray for for I'm glad that in the case of sweetie that was an empowered woman who walked away and I hope that the example and it's funny because there are people that will say how could you compare that godly woman to sweetie but listen sweetie ain't no dumbass she's a young woman that moved the fuck on this lady here well, she could move the fuck on because she's a she's a rapper and a celebrity. Like she like she has the means to pick up and go anytime. She even though he was showering her with money, she has her own. True, true, true. And she, this woman does have kids, and I don't know what her occupation is, but I'm sure it's not on what he was able to do. So it is going to be a downgrade for her life. And I get the strategy. The point is, sis, stay off camera. That's what I was really going to say. Stay off camera. Let him go through what he's going to go through. If you're going to stay with him, stay with him. I advise you, though, 
to choose yourself and whatever that looks like. And if that looks I, like, I advise you to get a divorce attorney. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. I, I was going to say, and if it looks like you want to choose yourself and leave, get you a good divorce attorney because bitch, you get. I would get the fuck up out of there. You ain't gonna keep playing with me like this. They've only been together, married for four years, and he's cheated with her for cheated since before they were married. So it's like, come on now. Somebody had an abortion for him. Like it's it's really like, no, sis, you gotta go. And that's just advice from box number five twelve. If you listen, I doubt it, but if you do. Man, girl, get get you a divorce, or just or just play like you still won't be in love with him. You won't be with him forever. Stay for whatever statutory period you have to stay to get the maximum amount of divorce. I don't know, family law is not my area, but you know, stay for as long as you need to At stay. So you can get, and I think you got four in, so maybe six more if that's what you're trying to do. Right, so you can get your ducks in a row. Ha- have a couple more kids kids and then peace out because the thing is well i don't know because i well his his audience is women because i want to say he's kind of alienated himself from men a lot of a lot of men that i've seen online really don't fuck with him not at all like very he was very much the i'm better than your man nigga right right the, the, the old spice guy look at your man look at me look at your man he was very that nigga but like he still might be able to make some money or spend this because let's not lie, black his his desirability, what he's selling, black women are still it still won't be a section of black women that support him or that this is another conspiracy to take the black man down. How many black women are waiting for his wife to act like she's gonna leave for real this time? Right, right, <laughs> right. So. He'll be he'll be able to reconfigure and and spin off or do something else. Like this is embarrassing, but he'll still be able to be a man and maneuver. And so I say that to say, sis, stay as long as you need to stay and divorce and take care of everything. That part. Sometimes you have to play the long game. That part. Y'all, y'all are sitting here reading my body now. But wait, wait till I get this divorce settlement and I can buy all the wigs and lace fronts and everything. But yeah, you got to be careful with these men telling, telling women what we need to do to make ourselves uh, suitable for these high value men. When all these high value men want is a placeholder wife that they can show off on their arm and get all of these societal benefits and still fuck whoever they want to fuck with on their free time. Like, like let's all of them, girl. I still want to believe that there's a man somewhere that's got a little money that ain't that nigga. And I just, I it's going to be a needle in a haystack though, because that like, we like, we have though there is a needle and there is a needle even if there's a needle and i just want to speak to those brothers out there just because there's a nugget there's a nugget and i don't want y'all to feel like we're saying all men with money in a certain class or a certain amount of wealth will treat women a third way because i I, i'm sure there's some successful relationships girl we we have to acknowledge i hope it is i hope it is but i just I'm very leery of people that with money that feel like they can use their money to control people or get you to like I'm I'm just you and I'm not, I'm by no means rich or none of that but no don't you can't use your money to control like I purposely set my life up in a way where I can't be um control so I'm just I'm I'll take you as you come but the the second I get the inkling that you on that patriarch high value man or or i think they come across men that their whole vibe is well i'm black educated and i don't have no kids so like you know i'm the shit or i'm the prize and i'm just like well since you feel that way you go find somebody that's gonna put up with your bullshit since you feel like you're the prize i'm that shit don't impress me just because you have a black trans woman, I'm black educated and don't have no kids. So what's good? Right. So what that yeah, I'm not about to put up with your shit because you feel like you're an extinct or endangered species. That and I've literally had a met I've I've talked to doctors that um, you know, feel like their energy is like 
I'm more valuable than you or my time is more. And it's like, since you, since you the shit, it should be 20, it should be 20 bitches lined up to occupy your time. So you don't have to be in my face with some of my time. Since you're that bad. That's bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, girl. It's just it's just like I'm not you can't throw your throwing money around. That's not a relationship. That's not partnership. That's not commitment. That's not respecting each other. So that shit don't that shit don't impress me. But I I get it. I get it. I, I get it. But you you really have to assess what you are signing up for and what like what is the cost 10 years down the line. Are you gonna be able to look at yourself in the mirror? And that's the key. Life is precious for sure. And we only have one. And the gag is, girl, you have a choice on what you choose to live. If money is if money and stability is enough for you to endure hell, if money and if, if, then that's fine. But you should, that's the choice that you're making to endure certain things for money. And now what people don't really, what I do feel like is worth to acknowledge in this situation is, is that the way a lot of those high value quote unquote men treat women are is because there are women out there that will be willing to tolerate the behavior. And so we have to acknowledge that it's a full circle thing and we understand why and the reasons, but I just want to empower women out here to make decisions with your one life that are gonna be lead to your ultimate happiness. Not and, just your financial success, but your happiness. Right. And we as Black women, we have way more options than we think that we do. Like, we have so many more options that we we believe that we do or that we've been led to believe. You just have to be willing to walk down the unwalking path. And your value as a woman is not about your ability to retain and keep a man. It is not. Your value as a woman is in your own self-worth, in your own character, in your own creativity, in your own brilliance, in your own black girl magic. It is not in a man. And just remember that. So I think we did an episode. Yes, we did. So take us out of here. All right. So listen, ladies and dolls and guys and gals and theys and thems and all of our wonderful people that look in there in between. We love you and we thank you for all of your love and support. We understand that we have a very diverse group of listeners here at Box Number 512 Podcast. And we love you all, but particularly for our sisters. We talking for you. And we want you to know that we really, really appreciate you. And this was a pop culture episode of ours. And we're experimenting with different innovative content. So we hope you enjoyed. This has been another episode of Box Number 512 Podcast, Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. I'm one of your co-hosts, The Lioness. And I'm Aeon. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Box Number 512 Podcast, Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. And don't forget to become a patron on the Box Number 512 Patreon page, where we have all new exclusive content. And also, don't forget to follow us on our social media, on our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook pages. And also, become a subscriber on our YouTube page. Until next time, bye. bye.